Hey folks, and welcome to last night this morning. Finally, this morning. Uh, I have an idea I'm going to get working on later today, and we, sh we will see how it works out. Um, again, inspired by the Effectively Wild. Wait. Yeah, I think this was inspired by Effectively Wild. I can't, I can't, no, I can't remember. It was, it was inspired by one of the podcasts I listened to. I love the idea that they had, and I'm going to try to replicate it in our league. It's going to be a nightmare because I don't have a stats department to go do the research for me. So hopefully my job is not expecting a lot of production from me. But there was a big trade last night, and I think that's where we need to start. The White Sox have been publicly lamenting their team's start for a while now. We are looking at a situation where, you know, the White Sox have done this a couple of times before. They've been able to pull out of the rebuild very quickly a number of times and, and launch into competing mode. But again, it keeps having these short starts where they can't seem to maintain, right? So here we are again, 2021, the White Sox off to a very poor start, admittedly, sitting in last place in the American League Central. I mean, honestly, it's not like anybody's running away with the division. Cleveland sits atop of it by three games with 500 Royals, but the Twins are struggling. The Royals, better than expected, like we mentioned. Um, anyway, right, the, the White Sox have decided to flip the switch, and, and they're moving on from a guy like Miguel Leon, who has been consistently untouchable for them over the years. And, and I know I've tried to trade for him for a number of times. I actually had the opportunity finally this year. And, you know, as I started to look at it, I realized that, that the Braves' middle infield is a little more crowded than I thought, perhaps. So the the move is made. Miguel Leon stays in the American League and moves out west to the Oakland A's. And let's walk through this deal in shorthand, right? I, I would hope Anonymous or maybe Anonymous and I can jump on and do a podcast later specifically about this trade, but uh, let's give you the short details, right? So essentially what we have here is Miguel Leone and Travis Darno are coming over from Chicago. We'll talk on Travis Darno in a second, but for now, it, those two come from Chicago. Oakland sends back recently acquired Nick Allen. He was brought over from Washington at the start of this year to solve the shortstop position. We thought uh, Javier Garcia, a AAA starting pitcher who has pitched very well this year, the tune about a two ERA over 20-something innings. Outfielder Tristan Lutz, who looks like a good fourth outfielder uh, down the line here as well, down in AAA. And then Andres Esperanza, the, I would say offense only, but he's not even a very good hitter, the catcher who comes across from Oakland to try and even out the money. Right, so let's look at this thing from Oakland's side. Oakland <coughs> still committed to being a competitive team in the American League West. I still don't know that they have the tools to do so this year, but I like adding a piece like Miguel Leone. He's not as old as you may think, even though he's been around since 2012, the start of this year. Excuse me, the start of this, uh, this league. Miguel Leone's only 28. He is cost-controlled for a while. The White Sox, excuse me, the, the A's are well over budget, which is why they had to make the money work here. But he's not a big dollar guy that's going to break your budget. So I like adding a piece like Miguel Leone, despite his struggles last year and his slow start this year. He seems to have a good enough track record to take the chance. Now, I tried to pull up career splits. I couldn't get to them because of my computer's downstairs. Um, but at least this year, he definitely is having more success at home. And is it Comerica now? 
Uh, so he's hitting well above 250 in Comerica and hitting 212 on the road. So will the move away from Chicago help him? I mean, there's been some talk about his attitude and the team losing, and is that rectified by going to another place? You, know, you have to look at where he landed. Oakland is well below 500 as well, so I don't know that, that he gets a winning culture here, although the team certainly seems to be committed to the win now strategy where the White Sox are not. Sometimes the change of scenery helps, and I think Miguelion fits into this lineup very well. Um, you know, we talked about defense. Miguel Leon's a very good fielder. He is not elite like Nick Allen is, so you take a small step backwards defensively, but I think that's worth the upgrade that Leon gives you, presumably with the bat over a guy like Allen. So I like the move. You know, the sneaky other part here is that Travis Darno comes across, and if you remember listening to Anonymous GM's um, breakdown of the A's when we kind of did a deep dive on the White Sox earlier, ironic that these two trade teams made a trade here, that Travis Darno is a excellent defensive catcher and when you have invested all the money and and talent that you have into the starting rotation like the a's have you know forgetting even that they have james tate coming off the il at the end of the year to add to this rotation it's good to have a defensive-minded catcher like darno who can come through and make sure you get the best out of these guys now nick allen certainly would have helped that in the field like i said i, I don't know that you really are going to want for much with Leon. He won't make the spectacular plays. He maybe had the difference of a couple of runs a year prevented by Allen. But, you know, I, I like the upgrade for Leon here offensively. From Oakland's side, excuse me, from Chicago's side, this was not a rushed decision with Leon. You know, uh, Jonathan Hodges and the White Sox had him out there for a couple of weeks. They, they were talking to multiple teams. And they took the deal that they were very excited about. And I can see why they would like a deal like this, right? I think Nick Allen is a good replacement if you hope that his back can develop a little bit. You don't feel like you lost a lot from Allen to Leon. He's also much younger. Um, you don't have team control. And, and you can build around him defensively, which is really nice up the middle of that infield. Javier Garcia is a good back end of the rotation. Honestly, I think he's a good bullpen piece better than anything. So I like Javier Garcia with the flexibility he offers. He can come up this year, as Jonathan Hodges mentioned. So I, I like Javier Garcia. Tristan Lutz, I mean, Tristan Lutz is a dime a dozen in this league. But the interesting part about guys like Tristan Lutz, where there's good contact, good gap, good power, they just strike out a lot. They, every once in a while, these guys take a developmental leap forward and they become a superstar. Right now, most eight times out of 10, they'll just become a triple A fodder, fifth outfielder type. But you take the chance. You want as many lottery tickets as you can when you're trying to rebuild. And he's a lottery ticket. Not Peraza's just to make the money work. He'll just sit behind um, Cabot Ruiz and, and back him up. So overall, I think it's a fine trade for both teams, right? It's it's easy to criticize trading a superstar like we own and say that they didn't get enough. But Chicago took their time. I know for a fact there were conversations with multiple teams across the league. Jonathan knew what he wanted. He made the asks, and the team that was willing to pay for him was Oakland. And I think this is fine for both teams. So maybe we'll go down the road, um, you know, talk about what this means for the White Sox. Who's the next piece to fall? What's the next team to buy? All these kinds of things later. But for now, let's get into last night today as we go through the games. The Dodgers. We're going to start with the Battle of L.A. The Dodgers swept the Angels. I didn't think I'd say those words this year, but the Dodgers swept the Angels. Very impressive by the Dodgers. They needed this, right? They have been struggling out of the gate. I think everybody, including Sam, believes they are a more talented team than we have seen to this point. They needed this. I think this is a huge piece for them. It definitely sets the tone as we go into the rest of May. The Dodgers aren't selling. This team is absolutely trying to compete, right? Blake Snell was pretty bad. 
in the pen. So, of course, the Angels put him into the rotation, and he's got knocked around in his first two tar- starts. This time, Snell gave up five runs and five hits to five-plus. Most of the damage coming in the top of the six. He actually looked good for a second. Lucio Cruzado was good, scattering eight hits over five innings, and the bullpen holds on, including Jordan Walden, who notched his sixth save of the year for the Dodgers. He has yet to give up a run, by the way. Javier Garcia and Chris Fletcher carry the load offensively for the Dodgers as they improved to 15 and 20, a huge improvement over the fact. I think they were 3 and 12 at one point. So they have certainly battled back to a respectable uh, you know, record here. And as the Rockies and, and Diamondbacks fail to pull away the way maybe the Angels have in the American League West, the Dodgers are still very much in this thing. And I think they, they can sense that. Um, the Angels fall to 24 and 12. Poor Angels, only 24 and 12. Shohei Otani, sorry, he's actually a real life angel, not a MLB pro angel. So, anyway, that's the Angels Dodgers series. Shohei Otani and the Diamondbacks shut out the Mets as Shohei goes six innings, retires seven via strikeout. Matt Hansen goes four for five as he continues to raise that batting average this season, now at a team best, 362 for the Snakes. Tim Lincecum falls to 0 and 5. That is more losses than he had all of 2020. You want to look at what has changed for the Mets. I mean, he is a huge piece of this. 0-5. Again, he lost four games last year. He's already lost five, and it's May 10th. Oh, man. Um, anyway, Mets are at the bottom of the division. D-backs are in second place in the National League West. I forgot to write down their records. My apologies. Games against the Red Sox last night. Winning one, losing the other. Let's start with the one that they one. Juan Trujillo goes five strong innings, and the pen looks good as they hang on to get back to 500 at 17 and 17. Dave Tatum hits his 10th home run of the year. Rookies Gabriel Vaughn and Rudy Bullock are already hurting, or really hurting the O's offensively, excuse me. Um, they just struggle, struggle, struggle to hit. Boston falls to 18 and 17. In this game, they will move to 19 and 17 later. Spoiler alert. Um, but that is the next game where they went eight to two and the eight to two victory. Garrett Cole goes five innings, gives up a couple of runs. Javier Hernandez, Hector Hernandez, excuse me, gets lit up four runs over four and a third. Steve Badger gave up a couple in his performance. It wasn't a great game uh, offensively for the Sox, though. Dave Allen, Jack McNeil, Seha Suzuki, and Jesus Montero all went deep. Dave Allen stole a base. Arturo Cruz stole a base. Tom Coon stole a couple of bases. Dave Allen looks like a legit all-star at shortstop year over year. Uh, as they split the day, the Red Sox actually win the series, and the Sox move to 18-16. Baltimore falls below 516-17. Definitely looking more like the team we thought they'd be at the start of this year. Um, still hope, but not looking great. Buster Posey hits a two-run shot in the first that looked like it was going to be all that uh, was needed. Um, for the Giants, excuse me. I, I totally blanked on what team he was on. <laughs> Luckily, uh, as the Padres scored three in the ninth, you know, they actually needed some more runs here than the, that it looked like they were going to for a second because it really did look like the three runs was going to be all that the Giants needed. Um, the Padres scored three in the bottom of the ninth. I, I wish I would have the game log for this one because I feel like it was an interesting finish. The, the Giants went 3-4, I just can't figure out without looking at like what actually happened here, what really happened in the bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth, excuse me, as the Padres scored those three runs. It, it, it looks like it was a, a fascinating one. I mean, there was John Brooks, the spectacular left fielder, definitely hit a double that scored somebody um, in the ninth and, and Payne. So if I'm looking at this appropriately, what it looks like is Payne, the center fielder, tripled with two outs. 
to drive in two runs. And then John Brooks doubled to drive him in and make it four three with the runner on second. And Angelton Simmons struck out. So that's how it went down. That's that's a, just a hell of a finish in, in San Francisco. But, you know, the, the important piece is that the Giants hang on and get the win. The Giants went to 500 for the first time in a long time. They're 17 and 17, sneaking up on the National League West. The Padres continue to slide. Remember, at some point, they were 12 and 3 or something along those lines. And they are now 15 and 20 as the Padres fall off and start to look like a back-of-the-pack team in the West. Seattle tries to take advantage of the Angels getting swept. They take down the Rangers 7-4. to James Widener is once again very bad, falling to 2-6 and with a 9.2 or 9.82 ERA over 36-plus innings. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there that have 9-plus ERA still at this point in the year, still getting starts. Just like Tim Lincecum, Widener has already lost more games this year than he had all of last year. Went, lost four games last year. He lost six already this year. Uh, Bryce Buffer, Texas. Arialdi Paguero looks very good again. He went three for four, hitting a sixth home run of the year and driving in three runs. He would certainly be somebody that was sought after should the Rangers decide to sell off a couple of pieces. Manny Machado hits two home runs, and Julian Silva also hits two home runs. All seven of the RBIs uh, for the Mariners today, driven in by these two players. Mariners are 23-12, and 12, half a game back of those. Angels and the Rangers move to 15-22 and 22 in the bottom of the division. Pirates shut out the Cubs, 8-0. Kurt Franklin homers his 10th and triples his 6th in the game and drives in three runs as he makes sure he, his name is not forgotten as we all pine over Michael Conforto. Melvin Garner was damn near flawless in his Pirates debut, going eight and two-thirds of shutout baseball, well beyond what Pittsburgh could have hoped for, in my opinion. But the Cubs, 25-year-old rookie Richard Mann gets touched up in his first career start ever, looking excellent in six games, or, you know, something along six games in AAA. He gives up six runs over five and two-thirds innings. Mark Sorensen gives up his first runs in relief since April 14th, and the Cubs fall to 13-21, and 21, while Pittsburgh moves to 22-11. and 11. Oakland outslugs Tampa, 9-6 to six in its last game in the pre-Miguel Leone era. Uh, runs behind Chad Scott, Juan Francisco, Anthony Rizzo, Richard Edwards, who hit his first home run and drives in the first two RBIs of his career. Fresh off six shutout innings against the Angels, Kodai Senga couldn't get out of the second, lasting only one and a third, giving up five runs to the A's. Talk about inconsistency. Oakland moves to 15-21, and 21, while Tampa falls back to that 500 mark, which seems like it's going to be their bugaboo all year long. Uh, Miguel Pereira goes seven and two-thirds strong innings for the Rockies, uh, scoring score three. I, I don't know. They, they take the win over the Cardinals. Kevin Comer was actually good for the Cardinals as well, but Ken Cook blows the tie game, and the Rockies get the W. Nick McCulley snags his 12th save of the year. He's been great in the Colorado pen. Rockies move to 20 and 14, and the Cardinals fall back to 20 and 15. Michael Waka is back at it again. He goes seven innings, a one-run ball to grab the win and improve to five and two as the Jays take down the Astros. Astros can only manage three hits. I mean, luckily, one of them was a home run by the struggling shortstop Julio Figueroa, who definitely needs to get himself started. It's only the second year for the Astros, second of the year, excuse me, for the Astros. Jays improved to 19 and 15 at the top of the American League East, only a game ahead of Boston. Uh, the Astros fall to 19 and 15, third in the West. Same record, very different spots in where they are in the standings, but different divisions. For the Braves, home runs from rookie Doug Smith and Bo Bichette help carry the Braves to a win over the Phils and avoid the sweep as they drop the first two games of this series. Colby Allard goes seven strong innings, striking out 10 to improve to four and one. The Braves move to 22 and 12 on the year. Uh, Phillies fall to 16 and 20, and it did just dawn on me, despite the fact that I am running this team, that the Braves are like five rookies in their um, 
more or less the regular lineup. Now, Bo Bichette will likely not stay there when Brendan Rodgers comes back as Millard Thomas will slide back over to second. But uh, Yoshida is a rookie. Jamie Vega is a rookie. Millard Thomas is technically a rookie. Bo Bichette is a rookie. Doug Smith is a rookie. So all these guys playing regular minutes for the Braves offensively and in the field. Um, you know, you got to imagine they had a rookie wall at some point, but it's fun to see while it lasts and, and paints the picture of hopefully a bright future in Atlanta, which is what we're all hoping for. At least it's what I'm hoping for. The Royals are 500 after they take the White Sox. Chris Sale's implosion continues, likely not made any better by the fact that Brett Lowry had to play short uh, as Nick Allen was working on coming over from Oakland and Leon sat out as he transitions over to Oakland. Couple that with Dustin Pedroia at second base and it's a ground baller's nightmare. Jason Neal wins his fourth win or earns his fourth win of the year, and Julio Soto drives in three runs for the Royals. They're up 17 and 17. Gotta love it. Three games back at Cleveland, and the Sox are 11 and 23, heading into rebuild mode. Not going to be relevant, I wouldn't imagine, in this race. Cleveland downs the Reds to stay three games ahead of the Royals. They could have lost the game as Austin Malinowski extends his run of scoreless innings to 11. He was really bad for a while. He's gone five innings in his previous start and six innings in this one without giving up a run. Matt Smoral is fine as an opener's role. He gives up one and one and two-thirds for handing it over to a couple of people. A.J. Cole has a landslide of hits and runs, and the Reds just couldn't come back from anything. They couldn't get it going offensively. Jorge Ayala is on pace to have a career year. He had his 11th home run. His batting average is higher than normal. He's pacing towards a career high in home runs and RBIs and everything else. So watch out for Jorge Ayala looking to maybe make an appearance in this All-Star game for the first time this year. Cleveland improves to 20 and 13. Cincy is now 12 and 20. Um, that six to one, you know, run differential in this game really helps widen Cleveland's run differential lead, if you will. I don't even know where they stand, but Aiden seems to be bringing that up every day, so I will mention it. Dane Greer and the Marlins' pen combined to pitch a gem against the Brewers as they only surrender one unearned run on an error by Ronald Acuna in center field. Wander Franco has two hits, including his first extra base hit as a, of his career, a double in the fifth inning off Brewer starter Forrest Whitley. Ronald Acuna and Wander Franco. Have got to be the two most, the best one-two like prospect combo for anybody in the league right now. If you're Miami, you have to feel great about the future of this team. Uh, Brewers fall to 22 and 13. Miami climbs to 14 and 20. Kevius Sampson wins again for the Twins as he moves to three and one. He goes six and a third and only giving up one run. Martin Lopez drives in four runs from the leadoff spot for the Twins. He joins three other players in the lineup, Gary Copeland, Joe Adele, and Nolan Arredondo, with over 20 RBIs on the year. For Detroit, Raul Aguilera, Aguilera excuse me, is still pacing towards the 2020 season, although just barely at this point. He, I mean, he's a legit player. He looks like a legit 2020 threat every year. Many is 15-20, and 20, and Detroit falls to 12-22. and 22. We could skip the second Boston story. Washington hangs 13 runs on the Yankees by the seven-run second inning, all of the expense of the 0-6 with a 10.73 ERH Judd Graham. Why is this dude still starting? He has not been the same guy since he left Washington midway through 2020. Uh, he posted a 6.38 ERA in Colorado last year, and, and really the Yankees staff has all been rough outside of rookie Cal Quantrill. This may not be a permanent thing. It's something I did notice as I was poking around their roster. They only have five bullpen arms and five starters, so they have 16 offensive players on the, the roster, or they're just not feeling a full roster at this moment. Four of those guys from the bullpen pitched last night. Three of them went more than one and two-thirds inning. One went three, one went two, one went one and a two, and then one went one inning. Like, what kind of stress is this going to put on this bullpen if you enter tonight? I don't even know if the Yanks play tonight, but if they do, they're going to be strapped. That was a longer 
last night, this morning, that I intended, but that trade needed to be talked about. Thanks for hanging on. Look out for a new project coming out here in a couple of days, not a daily thing. Uh, this this will continue. Last night, this morning will continue, but this is a short-term project that I just wanted to take a look at. If I can actually get into it, I will uh, post a little more information in the Slack. See you all tomorrow.